Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. It has been a while since we've checked in with New York City Council Republican leader Joe Borelli. And I thought today would be a great day to do that because there's a lot of headlines coming out of the Big Apple. Joe, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back on the Grace Curley Show. Oh, anytime, Grace. Thank you for having me. By the way, I love seeing uh, your image come up on my TV screen. I get very, very excited every time I see you. I think you do a heck of a job. Oh, thank you, Joe. That's so sweet. Okay, so I wanted to start with this piece that I sent you earlier today from Politico. I'm surprised it's not getting a little bit more play from Republicans because it's outrageous the way this whole thing is framed. I want to read you just a part of it, Joe, and we'll get your reaction. It says the ceaseless dire messaging is threatening Democrats in a pivotal election year, giving suburban New York Republicans another potent issue in competitive congressional races. Now, they're talking about Eric Adams and the New York Post and how they seem to keep focusing on the immigration issue that is plaguing New York City right now, the illegal immigration issue, to be more exact. Um, Are you think is the reason that Eric Adams and the New York Post are fixating on this? Is it because they want to help Republicans win these races or is it because it's an actual problem? Well, I I think Eric Adams, uh, you know, going back a few months now, has finally had enough uh, of this migrant crisis that uh, by the way, was entirely caused, uh, to some degree, I guess I should say, by Eric Adams rolling out the red carpet, sending one of his dopey guys to go greet people as they get off the bus at the at the Port Authority bus terminal. But yeah, fast forward about a year, and he's finally had enough. So are there political consequences that are the result of this? For sure. But I think there is a genuine uh, acceptance by him and by a lot of moderate Democrats now within New York City that this is a real problem. The reason why the politicos of the world and the National Democratic Party, and and now they have to attack the New York Post as well as Eric Adams, all of the seats that that the Republicans picked up in the House uh, in New York, which have become kind of famous, where they, they basically were able to leverage and win the majority from, all of those are in commuter MTA, meaning the Metropolitan Transit Association, MTA districts. People that live in the outer boroughs or further in Long Island or the Hudson Valley and commute into Manhattan, those are New York's swing voters. And those are the people who have to, you know, step over the homeless migrants. They have to see the kids selling chiclets on the, on the train every morning. They have to feel uncomfortable as they, they, they walk past, you know, roaming bands of, of men who look like they just stepped out of a third world country. Those are the swing voters that are going to keep New York, uh, the, 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 the congressional seats that we won, from turning blue this cycle. And if Politico is in the bag for the Democrats, which I think they are, I, I see the logic in them attacking you know, not only Eric Adams, but, but one of their favorite punching bags, the New York Post. Yeah, but the other part of it, too, Joe, that confuses me, because you still had advocates. I, I mean, you would kind of think 
that with all of the buses of illegal aliens coming in, not just from Texas, but now some people are coming in from New Jersey and really all over the country, that a lot of these advocates would understand that this is not the way to do things and that, you know, this is not a, a tenable situation or a sustainable way to handle what's going on. But I'm reading now, and this is CBS News. It says advocates call on New York City to stop 60 day shelter limit for asylum seeking families. If you stop that limit, Joe, I have to imagine that's going to incentivize even more people to come to the Big Apple. We've all seen those videos of early flight uh, attempts where, you know, some, you know, Parisian man straps bird wings to his back and jumps off the Eiffel Tower and and just plummets to his death. And yet a year later, someone else, you know, makes some moderate adjustments to the wings and does the same thing off of some building elsewhere. That is how progressives govern New York, because no matter how many times they do the same thing, which has the same net result, no matter how many times. Republicans and moderate Democrats say, hey, this is unsustainable. We all have a heart. We, we feel for these people, but we can't be the world's refugee camp. No matter how many times they're told, no matter how many times they're told in, in earnest budget negotiations, we're spending two, three billion dollars on the migrants. That means we have to cut two or three billion dollars from X, Y and Z. No matter how many times they're told this, they still stick to the script. In, in political terms, I, I almost commend them for just being zealots for their cause, but they refuse to to just open the blinders and see anything but which they are predestined to see when they wake up in the morning. They are sociopaths. It's a cult. And unfortunately, the way New York is, the the inner city, Brownstone, Brooklyn, you know, Upper West Side, uh, Greenwich Village Democrats that control a lot of the, the state government and city government, these are people who only want to worry about the Democratic primary and the Democratic primary is only a race to the left in New York. I'm speaking with New York City Council Republican leader Joe Borelli. And speaking of that, Joe, here's a quote also from this political piece from Democratic City Council member Justin Brannon, who said in neighborhoods where it's just something you see on the news or read in the paper, it becomes a specter that demagogues can use as the threat du jour. Now, that runs very counter to what New York State Assemblywoman Jamie Williams said on Fox and Friends First. I want to play this cut for you. Uh, Joe, and then we'll get your reaction. This was Jamie Williams. It's 100% not right. It's it's an abuse of taxpayers' dollars. Every American, taxpaying American, need to know what's going on. There needs to be more transparency. And let's take it a little bit further with the Biden administration, who have turned a blind eye to this national crisis. We have lawlessness happening in New York City, and specifically in my district in the southeast side of Brooklyn. So now myself and our residents have become benefactors of the lawlessness of these migrants. It seems to me, Joe, that a lot of Democrats, and I don't know if you can speak to this, if you've seen this in New York City, that a lot of Democrats are starting to go at the Biden administration directly in a way that I haven't seen before. Yeah, and and Jamie Williams is is the diamond in the rough uh, for for the entire crisis uh, dealing with migrants. She has been really, 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 to her credit, uh, accurate about where a lot of this blame lies. I mean, she represents a district in southern Brooklyn that is predominantly uh, made up by people who come here from the Caribbean, from the West Indies. They're people who want to work hard. They want to own their own home. They pick the sort of low-density part of Brooklyn in order to do that. 
And she represents one of the few you know, parts of the city where Democrats, people of color, have finally said, we're just not listening to this same leftist garbage anymore. Just leave us alone. That's where Floyd Bennett Field migrant camp is actually located. So it's her constituents who actually see the countless hundreds of scooters scooting up their block all day. It's where people are knocking on the doors. It's where the mall is being inundated with, with, with petty thefts, all because of this problem that was caused by Joe Biden and Eric Adams. I just think her position has only become more popular in Democratic circles and more popular than a lot of the, the wokesters uh, want to admit. Yeah, you're 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 onto something there. And now, since you mentioned the wokesters, Joe, I have to ask because yesterday, I mean, there's always something going on in New York City when it comes to these pro-Palestinian activists. But yesterday, there were multiple protests on multiple bridges blocking traffic. You had a lot of these demonstrators holding up signs that said "Lift the siege on Gaza and the occupation." And in one case, Joe, and I'm sure you've seen this video because it's gone viral on social media. There was a man who was trying to pick up his daughter in Brooklyn. And he gets out of his car and he starts he's so frustrated. You can just see it on his face. And he starts shoving these protesters and telling them to get out of the way so he can pick his daughter up. My question for you is, first of all, what do you make of these protests? Do they have any sign of slowing down? And second of all, does there need to be some sort of procedure in place for the police so they can handle this so that you don't have rogue people taking matters into their own hands? Yeah, I mean, that guy, by the way, is the New Yorker we should all be thinking of, all of us meeting in the city council and the state legislature, when we go to work every day. Yes. That is the New Yorker who's trying to do the right thing, work, take care of his family, get his job done. I mean, this is the person who, who built our country, the person who gets up, puts on their bootstraps, and does something and takes care of their family. And to think that the, the overwhelming priority for so many of New York's Democrats is actually the protesters. They actually say, and they're worried more about the protesters' right to occupy a bridge exit uh, rather than, you know, this poor guy who, who's, who we don't even know who he is yet. People are trying to find out who he is because he was so inspiring. But they side with the protesters, and it's absurd. Now, if you look at Argentina, by the way, Argentina under President Malay just passed a law basically saying if you block a street, we're going to potentially sue you for the damages of basically rolling out the federal police to come arrest you. That might be the right plan. I mean, you don't want to ever, by the way, ever uh, alter and abridge someone's right to protest and free speech. That's something that can't happen. But you don't have a right to free speech if that includes, you know, basically preventing someone else from exercising their right to go to work and pay their bills, etc., or to go from point A to point B. Your rights end where another person's begins. We need to recalibrate uh, our police department to be more mindful and be a little quick quicker in responding when someone's rights are abridged, meaning the rights of, of motorists, the rights of you know train riders, if you do the train station, et cetera, just to get from point A to point B. Joe, the last thing I want to ask you about involves um, one of Trump's cases that's obviously uh, playing out in New York City. And just kind of zooming back here, I know New York City politics are your priority. I know that the presidential election, though, is on everybody's mind. As far as Donald Trump goes in New York City, as far as this this civil case goes, and really all of these cases, how do you see this affecting voters? Have you heard anything from New Yorkers as to how they see these cases playing out? Is it hurting Trump? Is it helping? Trump? Um, is it is it helping Joe Biden win people over? What do you make of it? Look, I, I think it's helping Trump. And, and I'll be objective here. I think the case down in Georgia 
where you have Trump associates and employees that, that are possibly cooperating with the feds. That's a serious case, whether you agree with it or not. It's a, it's a far more serious case. The cases here in New York, one brought by Alvin Bragg, where uh, he's being criminally charged with paying a, a settlement to, to a former paramour, uh, Stormy Williams, which is something that's done, by the way, pretty much all the time. Uh, and the second one is a case brought by our attorney general, despite no one being defrauded, claiming that they were defrauded, etc., um, you know, talking about the value of Mar-a-Lago and other things like that. Both of those cases point out the absurdity of the Democrats' prosecution of Trump. And more than anything else, they give validation to some of the things Trump is saying that in another context might have been absurd. When he says, it's a witch hunt, they're all just persecuting me. They just don't want me on the ballot. Well, when you prosecute him for nonsensical crimes, when you sue him when there's no victim, and then when you try to remove him from the ballot in two states, it pretty much vindicates exactly what he's saying. And to the Trump doubters, I think there's a lot of people who are saying, you know what, finally, he's actually right. They are doing this against him. That's why we're seeing the poll numbers go up. Yeah, that's a really good point. They've made all of his, you know, not even predictions, but all of his claims. They've kind of brought them to fruition. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I hadn't even thought about Stormy Daniels in a while because that case... Uh, they all, like I said earlier, Joe, they all blend together for me at this point. Um, Joe Borelli, New York City Council Republican leader. Where can people, and this is going to sound funny to people because you're going to think, well, why do I need to follow Joe Borelli on Twitter? I, he's a politician. He's not your typical politician. He has a lot of hot takes that he's not afraid to put out there. So tell people where they can follow you on Twitter. I love hot takes, uh, both on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Borelli NYC. Although most of my Instagram feed is my kids uh, playing sports lately. So if you want that, come to Instagram. If you want the hot takes, Twitter, Joe Borelli NYC. Thank you very much, sir. We really appreciate your time. We'll be right back with your calls. It's 844-500-4242. We're going to talk dishwashers. Now, I know what you're probably thinking, Grace. That was made up by you and Howie and Joe Borelli and other conservatives. Nobody's coming for your dishwashers. Well, you might be right about that, but it's not because they didn't want to. It's because justice is actually benefiting Republicans in this case. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is the Grace Curley Show. It's not often I'll ask for a Whoopi Goldberg cut, Jared, twice in one day. But I got to hear this one again, because I like how she's framing this. Like, stop worrying about your bills. Stop worrying about the price of peanut butter. Worry about something that's never going to happen. Worry about a hypothetical that I've concocted in my deranged mind that is never going to happen. Isn't that great advice coming from a multi, multi, multi millionaire who has yet to learn really anything about the Holocaust based off all her recent remarks. She's not, she's not someone 
who I tend to trust on anything. If you've heard her comments on the Holocaust, if you've heard her comments on race in general, if you've heard her comments on the economy, if you've heard her comments on the election, she's wrong quite a bit. But now she's telling you what you need to be worried about in your everyday life. And when you go in to vote in 20, we're in 2024, when you go in to vote and you're deciding between Biden and Trump and RFK Jr., you have to remember that Whoopi wants you to be afraid, be very afraid. Let's hear it again. I'm sorry. What's interesting for me is that. People's faith in the country is waning. Yes. That's, the, that's the thing that's yes. pissing me off. Because, in fact, there's a reason Joe Biden ran the way he did. There's a reason he's running for democracy now. Because that's really what's at stake. You worried that it you is. can't pay your bill? Wait till he, the other guy becomes president. And you won't have to worry about it because you'll be in some camp somewhere. Because that's his promise. His promise to us is he's going to force people... To do his bidding. Okay, you could stop there. Um, can you look up for me, Jared? And I know none of these sites are accurate. Can you look up the net worth of Whoopi Goldberg? Because I, I want to make her a deal when it comes to what I'm worried about. She says, you're worried about paying your bill. I guess in this camp, this hypothetical camp that we're going to go to when Trump becomes president. I don't know if this is before or after he makes good on what Joe Scarborough is promising, which is executing journalists. I don't know if the camp thing happens before or after the journalist executions. But I guess when we get to these camps, we don't have to worry about paying the bill. Somebody... Probably Trump is going to take care of that. It's the least he can do. He's putting us in a camp. The least he can do is cover the utilities. But what is Whoopi Goldberg's net worth? All right, this is according to CelebrityNetWorth.com. Her net worth is $60 million. All right, so I'm going to... Actually, isn't that much. I'm going to make her a deal, okay? Whoopi, you give me... So $60 million. So according to... Should I use Mara Gay math here? Can she give every American, what, like $500,000 or something? Oh, she can give all of them a million. Okay. Yeah. Play money. Yeah. Okay. So I'll take six. I'll take, I'll be really, really, really modest here. Okay. I'm going to take 10 million, Whoopi. If you give me $10 million, I will stop worrying about my bills and I will start worrying about the Trump camps. That's all it's going to, it's going to cost you. Like to get me worried, I promise will be, you give me $10 million, I will be running around like a mad woman in fear. I will be going from, from door to door. I will become a door knocker for Joe Biden and I'll be telling people about the camps. But I can't start worrying about that until I've reached a certain level of wealth. And you can help me get there. It's all it's going to cost. You want me to start spreading word about the camps that Trump's going to put us in? Just a quick $10 million and you won't hear the end of it from me. We'll be right back. We're going to talk Ray Epps on the other side. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Michelle Obama says she's terrified about what could possibly happen in 2024. And she also said that the government does everything for us and she's worried we take that for granted. And that has us talking about whether or not Michelle Obama might possibly 
run for president if Joe Biden, for whatever reason, decides not to. Today's poll question is brought to you by the Nauset Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nauset Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. Well, Jared and I were just talking about this weather. It's actually, it's really, it's a nice time to get away in New England. This is right when the snow looks beautiful and the weather is nice and chilly. You can go to the Cape. It's off season. You can get a, a reservation. You can walk around without the crowds. And the Nauset Beach Inn is the perfect place to go. So reserve your room at NaussetBeachInn.com. That's NaussetBeachInn.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurlyShow.com, is what percentage chance do you give Michelle Obama running for president in 2024? Zero to 25, 25 to 50, 50 to 75 or 75 to 100. I still think that she likes the life that she lives right now. And I think that that outweighs any sort of political aspirations that she might have. Because I don't really think she has huge political ambitions. And I just gather that from interviews that she's done and things that she said. However... I have increased or, or the the chances of her running in my mind have increased, not because I think she wants it more now. I think she probably wants it less now than ever before, but because I think the Democrat Party as a whole is very desperate. And I think they could probably be pretty convincing when push comes to shove. And that's why I would still put it at the zero to 25 percent, but it's closer to the 25 than it used to be. 56% are in agreement with you, 0 to 25, 16% each for 25 to 50 and 50 to 75, 13% for 75 to 100. A lot of people voting in this poll question today, and you can go to gracecurlyshow.com to cast your vote before this ends around 3 o'clock. I, I want to play more cuts here from Representative Clay Higgins. Um, he's a congressman from Louisiana, and he was on uh, Tucker Carlson's program, and they were talking about January 6th. Now, these are all things you're not supposed to talk about. If you're talking about January 6th, there are certain things, there are certain lies you are allowed to spread. If you need examples of that, I think you can actually, Jared, people could tune in to Joe Biden's speech from yesterday because he spread a few of those lies. Then Joe Scarborough talks about it a lot. Uh, we've had callers on this show call in and say, why don't you denounce X, Y, Z? And I say, because that didn't happen on January 6th. I'm fine denouncing things that happened, but I'm not denouncing made up stories that you heard about on Morning Joe or from the president who gets led around by the Easter Bunny. I'm not going to denounce stuff that has just been created out of whole cloth like the Russia hoax, okay? You gotta come to me with real crimes, and then I will denounce them. And I did. Anything bad that happened that day, I did denounce. But some of the things that have been pushed on us on from about what happened on January 6th are just not true. But the left is allowed to do that. And there's no fact-checking. All the fact-checkers are on vacation. And so I'm sure, though, I'm sure that the hall monitors on their keyboards, I think they're probably putting on their fact-checking hats, Jared, for this interview with Clay Higgins. Because this is too dangerous for them not to come out of the woodwork and denounce the, the kind of things that Clay Higgins had the audacity to say to Tucker Carlson. So let's, we, we played cut one, but I want to play that again, Jared. This is Representative Clay Higgins. This is cut one. When you say that there were FBI assets in the crowd, in the building beforehand and, and certainly outside. 
what's the scale of this? You're talking like 10, 20? No. So real hard, objective, and conservative um, estimates would, would put the number of FBI assets in the crowd, outside, and working inside at at well over 200. 200? Yeah. Yeah. Now, Christopher Ray has been asked about this before. I think he was actually asked about it by Clay Higgins, and he was very offended. He was very perturbed that the question even got asked. But he also didn't come forward with an answer. And that's, and you know, a lot of these congressmen and women who ask the questions about January 6th, that's the part of it that drives them crazy. It's like, you should be able to answer that at this point. This whole ongoing investigation stuff, it can only last for so long. And I want to play cut two here because then he gets into more specifics. This is uh, Representative Clay Higgins. This is cut two. The bottom line is that uh, 200, as a, I believe, is a conservative number. Personally, I think there were, there were many more, but a number that I'm comfortable going on record with is that we believe that there were that there were easily 200 FBI undercover assets operating in the crowd, uh, outside the Capitol, embedded into groups that entered the Capitol or provoked entry of the Capitol and working with FBI assets that would have included Metro Police and Capitol Police that would dress as Trump supporters inside the Capitol because those were the guys that knew their way around the Capitol. So given the scope of the operation and the number of of doors where uh, entry was allowed or e- even encouraged, um, then the, and the number of people that were actually outside the Capitol and it entered, we believe 200 is a conservative number. Yes, sir. Now, maybe Clay Higgins is totally wrong. Maybe this is completely untrue. But I want to bring you back to something here, because when I was on maternity leave, Toby Leary filled in and uh, Caroline Levitt. They both did excellent job. And at one point when Toby was filling in, he was talking about election integrity. And he made this really great point about the percentage of people who feel unsure about the integrity of our elections and the safeguards in place. And his whole point was whether or not things nefarious things happen isn't actually the point. The point is that people fear that those things are going on. And there's a lot of easy ways that you could alleviate that fear. There's a lot of easy things that we could do, that our government could do, that our officials could do to make people have faith in our elections. And it's it's so important. It is integral to so much of what we do in this country that people believe in our elections and that our elections are fair and above board. The reason I bring this up is because even if you think Clay Higgins is lying, even if you think that there were no FBI agents who were instigating this or who were involved, and you have every right to feel that way, it should bother you that there's such a huge portion of our population who has that feeling, who has that fear, or who is suspicious of that. And it would not be hard 
to eliminate those suspicions with an actual investigation into what happened. I think this is a very, very non-extreme way of covering this topic is by saying whether you think that everything about that day was coordinated or whether you think that day was MAGA Republicans through and through, crazy people who deserve to be arrested, there was no FBI agents, there was no other involvement, it was all in the fault of the rioters, you have every right to feel either of those ways. But the fact that there are people out there, a lot of people, who still don't feel as though they know the whole story about what happened that day should be enough for Americans to get answers. Because we deserve answers. If it's this big of a deal that they're going to rehash it in 2024 and they're going to use that as the reason why you can't vote for Trump, then at the very least we should get some answers. Now on a totally, totally separate note, this is totally separate, Ray Epps gets a year of probation for his capital riot role. Again, I'm not drawing any lines here. Just saying that that story also came out today. Now, I want to read the coverage of it from AP, okay? It says, A man targeted by right-wing conspiracy theories about the U.S. Capitol riot was sentenced on Tuesday to a year of probation for joining the January 6, 2021 attack by a mob of fellow Donald Trump supporters. Ray Epps, a former Arizona resident who was driven into hiding by death threats, pleaded guilty in September to a misdemeanor charge. He received no jail time, and there were no restrictions placed on his travel during his probation, but he will have to serve 100 hours of community service. Now, that's a pretty big disparity between what he received and what other people received for their part in January 6th. I don't have a look at every single case So I'm not going to pretend to know how much jail time one person should receive over another. But I will say this. It's very, very strange that after January 6th, the media, because the media hates all of these rioters. The media hates all of these, I'm sorry, rioters. Here I am minimizing things. The media hates all of these insurrectionists because they're racist boomers who almost overthrew our government. They almost destroyed America that day. And yet there's one insurrectionist, Jared, out of the whole lot of them, there's one who the media feels bad for. There's one insurrectionist who has made the leap from insurrectionist to victim in the eyes of the media, and that is Ray Epps. He is the only person who gets this kind of strange new respect from our mainstream media. Just an observation that I am making. 844-500-4242. We will be right back. we got a lot more to talk about. And we have, I just mentioned Toby Leary. We have him today, Jared, right at 2 o'clock for 2A Tuesday. So you have that to look forward to as well. The Nossip Beach Inn just opened reservations for winter getaways, and this is the perfect time of year to unplug. You've made it through the holidays. You got all the gifts delivered. You did everything for everybody else. Now it's time to treat yourself and to relax because sometimes we get so caught up in how busy we are that we miss this time of year. And the, the best part about living in New England, Jared, is the seasons. You know, you get to experience all the seasons and there's something really special about experiencing a New England winter 
on the beach. Yeah, this is the perfect winter cape weather that we're having right now. Uh, and if you'd booked a room at the Nauset Beach, you could be able to be down there and enjoying it. But if you haven't, you can still do it. Uh, I love the Nauset Beach Inn. It's the most tranquil place that I have ever stayed. Uh, I went down there with the wife before we had the boy, and it was it was great. We went down there. We checked in. The room was quiet. It was nice. There was a fireplace in the room with a nice big picture window. We walked along the beach because you can do that because you're literally steps from the beach. We sat outside by the fire pit, had our morning coffee, and watched the sunrise. Uh, you can see stars at night, which is something a lot of people in the city don't actually get a chance to do. You can even watch the moon rise. The views are incredible down there because you're right on the beach. So you're right on the ocean. And that's a view that you really don't get anywhere else. And at this price, you're not going to be able to stay anywhere else for this price. So why not take advantage of this deal and take advantage of everything the Cape in the winter has to offer? Yes, and right now you can stay at the Nauset Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. Like Jared said, there's so many great reasons to stay there, but the price is right as well. So go to NaussetBeachInn.com to book your room today. Again, you can reserve your ocean view room at NaussetBeachInn.com. We will be right back. We'll take some of your calls on this, 844-500-4242. This is The Grace Curley Show. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. Now, Jared, I know that there's a story about these journalists who are caught in a hot mic joking about Trump being assassinated like JFK. I can't imagine, because I watched the audio of it, or or I listened to the audio of it and watched the video. Um, I can't imagine that it translates that well on radio. It didn't sound like it was going to be... Yeah, it's not the best audio. I mean, we can... I I can can, read people what they said. You can hear them clearly, but yeah, it's not the best. They said, I mean, uh, they're waiting for Trump to pull up, um, and they said... You know what the worst part is? Even if he has his window open and he's hanging out of it, he will be on the other side of the street, one person could be heard saying on the live feed from the Associated Press. What this really says to me, this whole thing about them going back and forth, is that they're dumb enough to talk when they know that people have cameras out. They're right next to the police. There's tons of police there, and they're making these jokes. Um, I mean, if he's driving, we've got a good shot, the second reporter said, hopefully, to which the first replied, yeah, if he's driving with the front window open. The conversation then swerved into Gallo's humor about the former president arriving in an open-top car. Yeah, or if it's convertible, the second person said, yeah, I wasn't thinking about that, replied the first. Yeah, like if he just pulls up. Like JFK, maybe someone just like they told JFK, you know what you should do? You should take a convertible. It's so, so nice out. The media member continued to laughter from his cohorts. Now, I've heard a lot of nasty comments made about politicians. And this might surprise people, but I am not. People are going to get offended at the fact that I'm not offended by this, but I'm not. I'm not offended by this. I don't think they were. The I listened to it and I didn't get the sense that these were like two people that are seething about Donald Trump. They were talking about getting a photo. They made a reference to JFK. Was it a smart thing to do? No. 
do I think compared to some of the other things I've heard said that this was like super nefarious and, and the, the intentions are really bad? No, these were just two guys who were just making dumb jokes. Maybe, am I being too easy on them? Like, should I be very, very upset right now, Jared? Should I be, should I be pounding the table about this hot mic moment? No, I, I don't think you are. I, I don't think you are. I, I think it's exactly how you described it. I mean, everybody has been joking around with their friends and gone to dark humor places and, and whatever, been a little off color about things. And I don't I don't think they were talking about, you know, hey, somebody needs to, I they weren't like it, derangedly saying somebody needs to take this guy out. And I it don't think just, it was yeah. even, I don't think, and maybe, talk, maybe I'm giving them, maybe I'm giving them too much of the benefit of the maybe. doubt here. Maybe I am too. But. but I don't think it was, I know it was about Trump and I get that, but this felt more like, and just bear with me here. This just felt more like presidential humor, if you get my drift. Like, these are guys who are covering the president, very famous president, obviously a moment that everybody remembers. Again, was it the wise thing to do? No, you always operate as if there's a hot mic or there's a live feed. You don't say stuff like that, especially if there's like 15 police officers near you. But I just, the the sense I got from the audio recording where they were just goofing around and they were just probably killing time. And I don't think that these are two guys who were hoping that the president showed up in a convertible so that bad things would happen to him. I just, that wasn't what I got. And trust me, I get, I I get mad pretty, pretty often. So if I don't think it was that bad, then I think conservatives might just have to let this one go. Um, John, you're up next on the Grace Curley show. Go ahead, John. Hey, Grace. Love listening to you. Um, what you said before about, you know, American people deserve answers. How, how frustrating it is, is that when Ray gets before a congressional committee, he says, yeah, there were FBI people in the uh, crowd. How many? I don't know. You know, why don't they say, well, come back tomorrow, come back in a week and give us the answer? Well, John, you know, I think it's because... Non-answers, like it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, and, and I think it's because he doesn't ever really say, I don't know, um, because to your point, the response from some of the members uh, of Congress who are usually questioning him would be, we'll find out and come back tomorrow. And then unless he has some trip planned to the Adirondacks, maybe he would. If he didn't have a flight to catch at like two o'clock, maybe he would. But he couches it with the old FBI go to which is it would jeopardize sources and methods or it's an ongoing investigation i can't reveal that and they'll be able to use that until the end of time that is like the perfect excuse for them we'll be right back we got toby leary in the two o'clock don't go anywhere This is Caroline Levitt inviting you to join me November 16th as we journey in search of Iceland's magical northern lights with Colette Tours. We'll experience the land of fire and ice with a rare opportunity to search for the northern lights, one of nature's most dazzling light displays. See the ever-changing steaming lava fields in massive glacier sculpted mountains and valleys, leaving thundering waterfalls and plunging fjords. We'll travel the Golden Circle, walk on a black volcanic sand beach, and relax in the warm, mineral-rich water of the Blue Lagoon. This and so much more, Colette covers the details from flights to meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your only job is to have the time of your life. Don't miss out. Visit HowieCarshow.com and click on the banner or call Colette at 800-581-8942. That number again is 800-581-8942. Come away with me. 